0: To start there Starcares as we discuss the three episode premiere of The Bad Batch Season 3. Plus I'm going to catch up on some shows I've been watching like The Detective Night Country, Master of the Air, Percy Jackson, Mr. and Mrs. Smith and more. All that and more still to come. Very welcome to another episode of Page 180 and guys what do you want to talk about? Yeah because Listeners of uh, or listeners who may have followed us over from the low blows days and kind of follow us on socials there by now. By the time you're listening, you'll know the secret. We're coming back. Um, we just announced, uh, like literally, like by the time you hear this, we will have announced, but we will, in my time as I record this, uh, we will uh, be getting ready to announce this evening that we are returning to the woolshed. Home upon home. Finally, after seven long years, low blows have come back home to the Woolshed for WrestleMania, and I cannot fucking wait. It is going to be epic. The best wrestling parties in the world come back to the best wrestling party venue in the world um, we're going to have a lot in store I've been looking forward to this it's been a long road back for me I walked away from low blows our last actual party obviously it's been 7 years since we were in Woolshed but we did spend uh, 3 very happy years in Buskers and the Ball uh, as well so uh, our last party though was January 2020 um, obviously there was something that happened uh, shortly after in 2020 uh, while we were in the middle of uh, promoting and selling tickets to our WrestleMania party then, which kind of uh, put the kibosh on the whole thing. We kept going as a as an operation until the end of 2021 there. I decided to kind of give it up. And since then, it's been a long road back and I've been getting the itch over the past year. There's been a lot of things that have kind of contributed towards that. Um, and I cannot wait to kind of discuss it more um, and and kind of hope uh, any of you who would have joined us in the past uh, who aren't going to Philadelphia um for WrestleMania can join us in the wool shed. It is going to be surreal. It's going to be a trip down memory lane. It's going to be really, really fun. Tickets are on sale now on eventbrite.ie. Um, I just can't wait for this. Uh, what we're going to do, though, is over the next few weeks, I'm going to have a catch-up with uh, Corbett Keane and Katie Harvey, and we're going to get an ass-low-blows uh, convened, uh, where we'll kind of give you a bit more ...behind, like, what happened here as well... ...and more info about what's going to happen on the night... ...but in the meantime, like I said... Uh, ...check out any of the Low Blow socials... ...check out any of my socials as well... ...I've got all the info up there... Uh, ...and tickets are available on Eventbrite.com... really exciting time, guys... ...I've been buzzing for this... ...it's like a little secret I've had for the past couple of weeks... Uh, ...that I haven't been able to share with anyone... ...I'm so happy the news is finally out there... ...and uh, really looking forward to uh, seeing as many of you as possible there... Uh, ...in the meantime, guys... ...we do have an episode of Star Jazz coming up... ...but as we are going... Into the spoiler verse for that. Uh, first off, before we do, uh, it's time I checked in with some of the TV shows that I've been watching. But of course, we're only going into the spoiler verse for The Bad Batch later, so we're not going to go spoiler uh, rific on this as well. We're going to talk very generally, so don't worry if there's any shows here that you're planning to watch or you haven't watched already. Uh, I'm going to give very general, overall, kind of high level thoughts rather than uh, any spoilers, so y- you're in a safe space here. Uh, first off, I want to get started on a show which. Just finished this Monday and it's got a lot of really toxic discourse going after the finale. Um, True Detective Night Country wrapped up the fourth installment of True Detective, obviously with Jodie Foster. Being the big star, there's usually kind of a, a double doubleheader uh, with these series, of course. Um, beginning with uh, Russ Cole, uh, the, the famous Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson from season one. Um, but again, it's kind of Jodie Foster and then, uh, kind of her partner in crime, um, would have been Callie Rice, who was kind of making her acting debut, which is astonishing because she was fantastic here. Uh, six episodes wrapped up on Monday, and again, like I said, it's kind of getting a lot of flack after the finale, and no spoilers for it, but I think that's really harsh. And I actually enjoyed the finale, and I'll tiptoe around this, but the show kind of dabbled in kind of mysticism and the supernatural and horror. And I thought that made it an exciting show week to week, but there was a part of me that is like, this is a detective show. And if you're just going to say that, Oh, well, anything can happen. Ghosts exist or this happens or that. And I'm not saying it doesn't because they didn't really give fully definitive answers to to, to all the mysteries, although they, they, answered some of them pretty convincing, uh, pretty uh, conclusively. I kind of liked how they brought it back to somewhat sanity and realism rather than the supernatural. Uh, although a lot of people, and again, like, look, this is a show where there are two female leads. And anytime women are involved, we last discussed this with um the Marvels movie. But anytime you have a big project and this is a HBO Sunday night uh, presentation, You're going to get the trolls and you're going to get lads who are just offended by the fact that men aren't saving the world. I think there's an element of that. I also think there's an element of valid criticism here. I get it. I understand how you may have thought the finale came out of the blue a bit. And again, they just kind of, yeah, yeah, the explanations towards the end. But for me, I can kind of forgive it because it felt like they told the story they wanted to. It felt like they planted all the seeds. I think... Overall, I enjoyed the season more than I didn't. It intrigued and entertained me on a week-to-week basis. Like, I found myself looking forward to it, but I was never fully gripped on it either. And I thought there were some, like, times where it just lost me and I just kind of laughed. Like, there were some really bizarre needle drops attempting to ominously cover classics. Like, you had, like, a really spooky cover cover of Twist and Shout by the Beatles or uh, Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry, which I don't think anyone was asking for. But I did kind of, I I enjoyed it. I think there were really powerful lead performances led by Jodie Foster, as we said, delighted to see her back. Maybe one of my favorite Jodie Foster roles ever. And Callie Rice, who we spoke about there, who kind of became the star of this by having to convey multiple things at once. Like she had to convey Empathy, heart, steeliness, while all kind of maintaining a tough exterior and kind of carrying a secret at the same time. Like, there's a lot she had to do. And she didn't have much wiggle room to do it from a character standpoint. She had to kind of stay silent and stoic while conveying all of this. I think she's amazing. And I also really like Peter Pryor as Finn, who's Jodie's kind of protege. A metric I use, though, to kind of gauge how I feel about a show is... Will I miss these characters after it's gone? And here, I'm going to say, honestly, no, I won't miss these characters. I more admire the performances and saw what they were going for. And I think this speaks to why people are kind of reacting as it was. I think it was a mistake to only do six episodes. And as as a result, it kind of felt like a collation of intriguing ideas that the showrunner for this season, uh, Issa Lopez, wanted to try that could have been nailed down a bit more. could have been fleshed out. We could have had, like, the seeds were technically planted. I can see everywhere in the series where they kind of went for things and they set things up. But I I don't feel like it felt, like, cathartic at the end, and I think that's what people are, for me, overreacting to, but I, I also get it. However, I felt, unlike some other previous True Detective seasons, I felt it's all the coherent... And it kind of engaged a mystery throughout that got me thinking without ever feeling the need to kind of bamboozle you with philosophy or leave you feeling kind of stupid that you felt like you had to research afterwards to understand. So, look, I did like season one and three more ultimately because I just feel the highs of those seasons were higher. Let's not discuss season two. It was an absolute mess with Colin Farrell. It didn't work at all. But to me, True Detective Night Country was a success. If you haven't watched it and you liked True Detective before and you're kind of on the fence... Give it a shot. You may not like everything. There may be some controversy, but I did enjoy it. I also wrapped up, uh, and this was another success story from this year, Percy Jim Jackson and the Olympians. I nearly said per- Percy Jimson. That's a very different show. Um, I spoke about this the last time I covered it um, on Into the Spoilerverse. So I'm going to be brief here, but be, but just to kind of finish on how the show ended, I thought it was an excellently made TV show, really engaging and likable performances throughout. It's actually changed my opinion on the Percy Jackson franchise. Like again, my first impressions of it without ever delving too deep into it was I'm like, ah, here we go. We're trying to cash in on the whole Harry Potter thing. And it's just kind of a cheap version. Um, and I don't feel that way anymore. I really feel differently towards it. And I think the fact that it, the show was made by book creator Rick Reardon um, really helped because that love for the source material really shone through at every stage. And the performers they got, so many actors, especially Clover, he was my absolute favorite. Uh, but even, like, if wrestling fans are listening, uh, you had Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, there. Uh, and he was in the show, and he was one of the best parts of the show as well. Like, it wasn't just stunt casting. It was actually just really effective. One nitpick I'd have, and the ironic thing with this is that this is a nitpick that's probably a net positive, if anything. Um, is I found it a bit difficult at times to kind of follow along with the intricacies, uh, like you know which characters, which, who's related to who, what is their relationship, and I, again, there's so much going on in every episode. So they're really tight, and that makes the episodes really exciting because they're like a packed thirty to forty minutes where like it's stuff is constantly going on and it's really engaged, and there's no kind of wasted effort in any of the episodes but at times you're kind of like well wait i remember that name but i don't remember was he that one or that one or and why does he hate that and how did they solve that and stuff like that and i didn't really like so well i I wasn't fully like in that geek mode that stories like this can make me um but again like it was kind of the show was so good that i didn't care i was just enjoying the ride but again i just felt like i could have been deeper i wanted to nerd out. But why I say that's a net positive is that the result of all this is it makes me want to read the books because the show is so well made that I want to fully appreciate it. Um, and again, like that, maybe that was the idea. So checkmate, Rick Reardon, you've got me. I'm going to buy your books now as a result, on top of this. Um, but it feels like kind of Harry Potter in that, like, to fully appreciate it, the movies, you have to have read the books and kind of get the characters, and you're getting enjoyment out of how well they're portraying the characters. I kind of felt that way, like, it's just you're supposed to see. Some- certain gods in there and you're supposed to be like oh my god they got him to play what the hell and again I'm like I don't know that character I don't know their motivation or anything about it so I don't know how perfect that casting is but I can tell it's pretty good so again more of a nitpick than anything else but I recommend it I really enjoyed it I'm looking forward to reading the book uh, another show that I'm enjoying... I'm being very positive this week... I don't know... Is it just because... We're back in the wheelchair... Or what's going on... Um, Masters of Air... Which is... Masters of the Air... Sorry... Which is pretty much... Band of Brothers meets Top Gun... Um, a really... Unique concept... For Prestige TV... Uh, show... Which kind of uses... The Apple... Megabooks... And this... I love this... Because it's like... If we're going to throw... Fuck loads of money... At telly for streamers... Like this is what... We should be using them for... Give us mini movies it's throwing a shitload of money for something we've only ever really seen in the movies by focusing on world war two fighter pilots. Uh, like, and that again, I kind of suppose at, at first with the first couple episodes, I, w- I was thinking the challenge with this is like, can that translate to TV where again, you don't mind sitting through that, like, and just kind of bro language and stuff like that and kind of uh, living off just thrilling battle scenes and stuff. But, that can be a bit difficult to watch every single week if the characters aren't engaging um, and while also still getting kind of the big screen effect on the small screen. There's a lot of kind of plates they're trying to spin at the same time. And that's the thing you kind of need to tune into this show. Like, you need to kind of you need to get on the same frequency as it. if it's not immediately up your alley. Like, there will be a lot of people who just love this straight away. Like, it is your dad's favorite show already. Like, if you have a dad like mine who, like, loves war, like, planes, if they love Top Gun and that kind of dad movie, like, they're instantly going to fall in love with this because it's got that kind of aesthetic which kind of romanticizes war. I don't say that in terms of, like, what's happening. Like, it definitely doesn't and um, stray away from how horrible war is. But in terms of the look and the vibe and how these are heroes and stuff like that, and murka and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but if it's not your fave, then there is some adjusting. Like you've got the accents of like, again, it's Apple TV. So you're going to have like A-list caliber actors in, in the lead roles. Well, not even lead roles, like for the most part, like you've got Austin Butler here and Barry Keoghan. With Austin Butler, it's a bit awkward because he's, Somehow still talking as Elvis still like it, it's just that accident is just stuck. He's like your mate who went away to like America for two weeks and it's like, oh, hi there, buddy. How's it going? And it's like you were away for two weeks, Paddy. What are you talking like that for? <laughs> um but yeah, it, it, again, you have to kind of tune into that. Barry Kogan is here as well. I'm really high on Barry Kogan after Saltburn. I kind of get it now after spending so long not liking him as an actor or just not getting him. Um, But again, like he's kind of, I don't know, he's 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 playing a New York pilot and he's kind of like, hey, I'm walking here. Um, And I don't know if that's, I can't tell if that's because he's doing a kind of bad accent or if he's just... You know, I, I just know what Barry Kogan sounds like, and I'm like, what do you what are you talking like that for? Which is kind of the way I felt um about Peaky Blinders, which again, amazing show. I know everyone loves it, but I couldn't get into it because I'm like, I can just see you putting on a Birmingham accent a really strong Birmingham accent, and I know you don't speak that way. And I could never fully get into it. But you should get into this. Um, I'd give it until episode three, okay, for me, because I did such a massive turnaround with this show, and it was in this episode, which is probably the most thrilling hour of television that I've watched and got me totally invested in the characters. There's a mission to Africa happening. It was intense. It was stressful. It looked fantastic. There were really high stakes. There were devastating, ballsy twists. So I kind of watched it on the train um, as I was going down, and it was the most intense, stressful, and amazing experience i've had watching a tv show in recent memory and i, I loved it i loved it like again the part of the premise of the show is that early into it in the first couple of episodes they encounter some british soldiers who are pilots as well and they're shocked that the americans like fly by day rather than by night during world war ii and they're like that's their suicide missions and you kind of learn to agree with the British soldiers as it goes on. Like it's, it's crazy. Like nobody is safe ever in here. And there's a real kind of credible realism to how they handle character deaths. Like, again, it reminds me very much of game of Thrones and that you're like, they don't care who that character is or how important they are to the story. If they're there to die, they're there to die. Um, And I hope like, again, there's still a few episodes left this season and I hope the show doesn't go back on, Any of those um, people who are watching will kind of know what I mean there, but I hope the show stays true and kind of holds out with that because again, some of the the decisions they've made and how they've committed to them are very brave, very brawlsy. I would have never seen it coming. And it has me sitting here sometimes just with my mouth open, like, what what <laughs> it's very very good some of the visuals as well are breathtaking and wouldn't look out of place in the cinema so that coupled with kind of seriously intense and unpredictable battle scenes make it a really great watch the only mild concern that i have with it so far is that the ep- episodes so- can feel a bit repetitive and samey at times like it kind of the formula and you can miss up the formula but it's like all the elements are still there just the order might change like They're having drinks at one stage and be like, hey, 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 we're all buddies. We're all close pals. Oh, everything's fine. America, America, America. I'm going to ride some girls. Uh, They hear the mission and it's like, oh, this mission, oh, we couldn't possibly do this mission. This is crazy. This is crazy. How are they going to survive? And then they go on the mission and that's really intense and fun. Uh, There's some casualties throughout and everyone is sad. And then you just kind of spin that around and go again. But I'm really enjoying it overall. I can't wait. And I feel like, They've got something left. They're holding something back for the last few episodes. So I'm looking forward to that. Next time we want into the spoiler verse, I'll catch you up on how that ended. Um, we'll stick with streamers now for the last two shows. I want to discuss uh, and onto Amazon Prime for both of them. I watched last one, Laughing Ireland, which if you haven't seen it, you may have seen it advertised. And again, if you follow Irish comedians, they they're, they're it's all over. Uh, irish comedy social media basically last one laughing the concept of it if you've never heard of it is a bunch of comedians um and in this case plus david mcsavage and amy huberman um, go into a house and they can't laugh or they get eliminated graham norton's hosting and he's kind of in the getting checked stage of his career and good luck to him like go get paid graham that's Good for you. It, it's, it's a reality TV show, but it feels very stagey. It feels very rehearsed. It feels very performative. And again, you wouldn't mind it because it's comedians here and it's just there to be some light, funny TV. But the point is they can't laugh. And it turns out that laughing and seeing other people laughing is quite important. And that when people make jokes and other people don't laugh, then that feels just flat. And it's not awful but it's it's a real stretch to say that it's in any way good. It kind of shows for me the thing I got from it is it shows the worst impulses of stand-up comedians by taking away the naturalness of laughter, so that it kind of looks like people just really desperately trying to crack others, and there's a lot of real hamming there as well. There's a lot of fakeness and forcedness. There's some go cameos there, like you know, they have a lot of Irish celebrities, and that's really cool to see on Amazon Prime, but I don't know, I, it wasn't great. But there look, there are some good people there. Like I'm a huge Catherine Bohart fan. I'm delighted to see her get some publicity on this scale. And I think she was one of the kind of breakout stars of the show. You've got Emma Doran there, you've got Ashley and B there. So there's a high floor, but again, it it doesn't get much further than that high floor. But don't cancel your prime video subscriptions yet, because I want to talk about my favorite show of the year so far. I want to talk about the remake. Well, I wouldn't even go as far as saying as a remake because it's nothing in common with the original movie that it's based on. But a uh, similar uh, ish concept, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Let's talk me about that. Let's talk about that because this was a show that I heard about and I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose that could be a little bit interesting. Like, I'll watch it because I really like Donald Glover and it's a lot of the people from Atlanta and like they're in a good kind of creative space. So I'm sure it'll be grand. Um, but I wasn't expecting it and it blew me away um, from being like a kind of a mildly interested diversion into being just a great binge watch because they released it all at once for some reason Um, actually like people are complaining about this I enjoyed it I watched it in very short order and I had a great time doing so it's got very little in common with the 2005 Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie movie in fact naming it after it is kind of selling it short like it's kind of like saying uh, the sopranos was based on analyze this it's like yeah I, I see what you're saying there are like base level similarities but they're completely different things and completely different leagues the show is ultimately i suppose the only way it would be similar to its predecessor was it's a rom-com gone wrong where the two main characters are assassins but where they flip it here is instead of them being assassins all their lives and having an existing marriage where they love each other instead they just flip that on its head and again the people involved like Donald Glover um and Maya Erskine are they're hired as assassins at the start of the show and then forced to marry because that's the project then they get into why that happens and what that's about not fully because there's a little there, there's a lot of unanswered questions from this but they kind of explain, that and it's a an, it's an interesting setup because it's kind of like married at first sight in that way, and as well, like then it kind of um, gets into kind of relationshipy stuff. And you know, a lot of the show is it's not about assassins; like they do have a lot of action in there to kind of placate the audience because people who are coming for Mr. and Mrs. Smith expect that and this is very good but what I like about it is a lot of the action a lot of the most interesting scenes like you'll hear them tell stories and stuff like that as well and there'll be clips of them on like missions and they're really quick clips and it's like that's a whole movie by itself um, but they just throw it away and make it exciting, which is is really fun and kind of very confidently made television because they don't feel the need to pander or change the story they're telling. Cause the core story is what does it take to make a relationship worth? Like yeah, work. You have the like you know, self-acceptance, you have trusting others, you have loving people. Are you compatible fundamentally? Can you be one of the great quotes from this season was um you know, I wanna be incompatibly compatible with you. Um like it, it it's very kind of deep, but also like and, and it does straddle a line between being prestige TV, but it's very easy watch at the same time. It's also sometimes just a silly comedy. That's not meant to be taken seriously in any way. And that makes it all really, really watchable. You kind of come, people might come for the set pieces, but they'll stay for the really delicious chemistry and interplay between Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. And by the way, Maya Erskine, I want to give a shout out. Donald Glover's very much involved in the creative process. He's the one who pitched it and got the ball rolling and it is very much his baby. Um, but originally it was supposed to be him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge from uh, Fleabag. Um, she left the project very early into the development stage and Maya Erskine was kind of parachuted in. And I couldn't imagine the show without her now. She is fantastic. And it really changed the dynamic and you can tell it changed a lot of the writing of the show in some very specific ways, like particularly where it references kind of her lineage, like she's kind of half Japanese and so on. Um, but it, it it's really entertaining. And where the movie kind of used they kind of interplay to set up action scenes. Like it was, you know, the, I rewatched Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Some people like really overrate it. It's a fine action movie, but essentially all it is, is action scenes, but they're using double entendres, um, throughout as kind of cool punchy lines. Um, but that was kind of the, 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 the premise was to set up the action scenes. What I love about this is the action here is a backdrop to the funny or clever or meaningful character dialogue, it reminds me a lot of beef in that way, and then it kind of runs off the electrochemistry uh, of the main two characters to mainly play it for laughs, but it can massively turn the dial-up for drama really quick after lulling you into connecting with the characters through very little things, very subtle things, like even just decisions they make, things they like or dislike, you know, there's one person's a cat lover in this as well, so you're kind of attached to her as a result, and it's very uh, day-to-day stuff, and then all of a sudden when it t- dials up the drama, you're like, oh shit, I'm fully invested, and you got me there. If you like the bear, I think, or beef, this is right up your alley. It reminds me of both in tone quality of writing, the endearing performances plus the cameos they get in almost every episode are right up there with season two of The Bear. It's the type of show they have so many great names. Like even if it's people that you only know to see, um, they are excellent, excellent cameos in this. This was a great season. Like I said, my favorite um series of television so far. Granted, it, you know, it hasn't been enough in a year to finish a lot of the seasons of television I'm watching, uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it's on Prime Video now. I can't recommend it enough. Anyway, guys, that's not shiting on from me about TV. Let's talk about more TV, <laughs> but let's bring Jerry into the conversation guys It's time to talk about some Star Wars
1: Cross here I tried to come earlier, but there are too many guards watching me You shouldn't be down here at all Well, how else are we gonna plan an escape? There is no we and there is no escape
2: I've already tried.
1: Every stronghold has a weak
0: point. Maybe I can convince Emery to help. She's one of us.
2: Not every clone is your ally. You trust too
0: easily. Maybe you don't trust enough. Cross here? Just before you make things worse For both of us Guys it's been So long Since we got a chance To do this But One more time For the people in the back Let's do this You remember the words Say that Star Jairs, It's fucking Star Jairs, Jairs, fucking Star Wars Jerry and Jair, Star Jers, it's fucking Star Wars. Just fucking Star Wars, Jerry and Jer. Because, ladies and gentlemen, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away—well, brings end, kind of—two uh, Jers got together to discuss all things Star Wars on the Page One Eighty Podcast. And joining me, as always, my Jerry, Jair- my part Jerry, prime. There you go, all the jeeb I'm using all the puns that have been used on me previously. It is the one and only uh, Jerry soul Very welcome back to page one eighty, Jerry. How how's things? It's been it's been too long. How's it's how's it, it's
2: it's it's certainly been a minute. Absolutely, nice. it's been a minute. uh Yes, uh, uh, getting on great. um uh, very well. I kind of I won't say promotion, but kind of new responsibilities and uh, things like that, and looking to get a promotion in a couple of months now as well. So yeah, everything's going well. Family as well. We're we're we've apl- we're getting a new dog. Nice. Well, we we well we we'll, we will be. Just we don't know when. Nice. So we're getting a new dog. So we're getting we have Chewy obviously. Of course, Chewy. Yeah. But yeah. But I had to. I had to. We're got. We already have the new dog named. Right. Whatever. Whatever we get. Uh, and I had to bring a little because obviously I'm a big Star Wars guy, but I had to bring a little bit of the Lord of the Rings in, you know, because okay. I'm a big. So yeah. uh, we he's going to be Bilbo.
0: Love it. So Love it. Ch-
2: chewy, Chewy, and Bilbo. So delighted like with that. Uh, but yeah, the, everything's going well with a with a nice, quiet Christmas. And I know a lot of people say that, right?
1: Okay.
2: Uh, but then they don't. But like, no, I had a I I cooked the dinner this year. It Was the first time cooking Christmas dinner, and then I I just sat down on the couch and played games.
0: That is, and, and it was Christmas. it was
2: amazing because I, I got I got myself one of these. The missus bought me one of them. So a Pau Kitty, a Pau Kitty, twenty thousand retro games, and I haven't even scratched the surface of it yet. They're absolutely fantastic. And the amount of Star Wars and and Star Wars, Star Trek, every nerdy, every, like there's about fifty different Batman games on it, nice. which is amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I love it.
0: Unbelievable. Good stuff. Jerry, we were having a chat beforehand because obviously we're recording this on the night that the news broke. And I was discussing it earlier in the pod um, about how obviously Low Blows is coming back to the wool shed. What's that? You were obviously a day winner, as you were quick to point out. Um, yes, I fucking discussion. was. Yes. Uh, Jerry is the only person to have been involved in low blows that like was involved from from start to finish of when we originally wrapped the company in 2021. We we break some news, will we? We tell Not them. Yet. Yeah. Sure. OK, OK, let's go. Look, if you don't want it, we can edit it out afterwards. But like I, I can excuse your reveal. We've literally just signed the deal Jerry's back in low blows I love it I'm so happy
2: For, for a substantial pay increase in my He life. has He's you very extensive agree to these that. days You did agree to that It is Comic
0: Con's <laughs> Jerry That I'm getting here Like so Yeah Dublin Comic Con <laughs> Host and all So like yeah This is uh, But yeah Really exciting times And uh, I know People would be delighted to hear that it's, uh, it's we're We're back We're all coming back The band is I- back together
2: I can hear the dings coming in on your computer there for refunds already, and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> "We haven't even released tickets. Yeah, how we can ask for refunds?" Uh, you yeah, know, I'm very, I'm very happy to be back. It, it's obviously something that we we did for a very, very long time. I was very sad. Obviously, we were sad when COVID came along because we weren't able to do them, and then of course we wrapped up after that. Then, um, and as I said to you before we came on, I I, I kind of like had the inkling in my head. I've been kind of liking wrestling again, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I just, well, I just send him a message. Just send, I go on, I go on, give me a little nudge. But it's the fact that it's actually you giving me the nudge. So yes, yeah. I'm very happy to be back. It's gonna, it's gonna be great, and I'm uh, really, really looking forward to it. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Yes, back, back home in the wool shed, the place that we were there for so long. It's been so many years since we were there, and we're back home in the wool shed. Um, all we need now is a, a shout out to Ed, Ed. All is forgiven. Come home. <laughs> all is forgiven. Come home, Ed. Be, hey, who knows? I tell you, that would be the cherry on the on Imagine, the cake. I really would cry. Have Ed there, I would oh. cry eventually. You know hadn't... what? You know what? I'm gonna send him a message. Do it. We're gonna we're gonna get this done. We're gonna get go. it done.
0: There you go, guys. It's happening. The band is back together. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think we were all kind of getting the itch, and it was everything was just pointing towards this, and it was just a case of uh, me and Volchek getting in the same room, and we were they were very much the same page, and it was like let's just do this like let's Let's stop being silly here. This is this is perfect. Um, everyone wants this, so let's go. It's going to be unreal. But Jerry, we're not here to talk about wrestling. We're not here to talk about Woolshed We're not here to talk about uh life. So let's talk. We're here to talk about one very thing. We're the Star Starjers, and we're back to talk about Star Wars because uh, Disney Plus released uh, the latest series, the final series of the Bad Batch three episode premiere, uh, released this week. Uh, we're obviously huge fans of that show. And we've discussed it before on page one eighty, but now we're get, gonna get going to get to give. It its own space because it's the only Star Wars property out now. But there's a lot going on since we last talked in the Star Wars world. And first thing is, a person that gets a lot of airtime and is spoken about. Now he's not technically is like involved Lucy with this project not all projects now. Um, but it's not necessarily his show. Um, but someone we always talk about and give credit to is Dave Filoni. Um, obviously the creator of star Wars rebels, the clone wars, uh, star Wars properties that we truly love and have a special place in our heart. And then obviously yeah. Mandal- Mandalorian, Ahsoka most recently, which we discussed last year in the last kind of iteration of star jazz. Um, since then, he's been named the Chief Creative Officer of Star Wars uh, and announced that a Mandalorian movie was announced as well as Season 2 of Ahsoka. A lot of interesting takes around this. People are, you know, there's the likes of ourselves who are massive Filoni fans, um, and there's a lot of people who are, you know, frying out for this for the longest amount of time. They've given... Someone who, again, we've got, kind of likened in the show previously to a Kevin Feige figure in Star Wars, but they've given him the Kevin Feige keys to the kingdom. um, And now he gets to kind of make it in his vision. A lot of other people are saying, yeah, but, you know, Mando, the last series wasn't great. Ahsoka was a bit hit and miss at times. Um, Book of Boba Fett, kind of a flop. Um, Although I really liked it when it was good. Um, What are your thoughts? How's this sitting with yourself?
2: The way so when I first heard this, <clears throat> I literally jumped for joy because the way I see it is it's he is the the rifle heir to, to Star Wars. Really? He is the, the chosen. The he, yeah, he is the chosen one. Let's be perfectly honest with you. And I think the MCU has proved one thing is that when you have one person at the top overseeing everything, that's what's best. Because when you have one person, you look at the. Uh, Look at the sequel trilogy. Mm. If you had one person overseeing all three movies, like a George Lucas, even if there was different directors, you would still have somebody there saying, no, no, we can't do that. You have to. No, no, no. Let's go back to here. You know, there would have been a bit more coherency between the three films, whereas you go from one into this, into The Last Jedi and they're like, OK, well, this is all changed. And then you go into the third one. And I are like, oh, we're back to what we were at the start. It was kind of ruined from the previous one, like all over the place. When you have someone like a Kevin Feige, it just made things better. Like, look at the success of those first like, twenty-one movies in the MCU; they were just, it was just stellar. So to have somebody like Filoni being the George Lucas of Star Wars now, I think it's what's what, what what's best. Now I know people are saying, oh, "Well, listen, the last season Amanda wasn't very good. Uh, Ahsoka, as you say, Ahsoka was hit and miss. I loved uh, Ahsoka; I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Ahsoka has given me a character, I didn't think I would have a new character get into my top five of all time favorite characters in, in Star Wars. They have. And the fact that we'll never actually see that character again. We'll see the character, but it'll be a different iteration of the character, which was Balan Skull. Mm. And, 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 um, I just thought that the performance of Ray seemed just fantastic. I've said it multiple times on this podcast; he was amazing. I never thought I'd love another Star Wars character as much as I love the likes of the Emperor and and, and Vader. But along comes Bale and Skull. I'm like, oh my god, I love mm-hmm. this guy! Absolutely brilliant. Uh, yes, okay. Was there parts of it that were slightly hit and miss? Yes, and I don't, you know, I don't think anyone is going to disagree with that. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it it, it lived up to the hype. It was very good. We got Anakin back probably going to get him back again probably from i probably for more stuff let's let's be honest um so i i thought uh, you know all the stuff that's coming out about him and and oh well you know we're happy with this no 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 you just need to give him time you know right alex ferguson wasn't successful from his first fucking season was he no he wasn't he had to give the person time you have to give them time to breathe, sit into the new role and then you will get all this amazing astonishing stuff now when we got the announcement, so we got Ahsoka season two announcement and we got the Mando movie announcement. I was, I was like, yes, well, obviously we're going to get, you know, Ahsoka season two announcement. But I, a lot, it wasn't so much alarm bells, but a lot of questions going off in my head when I saw the movie for Mando, I'm like, wait, are we not getting a season four?
1: Mm.
2: Why are we not getting a season four? I know a lot of people weren't happy with season three. And I think we can kind of understand why season three wasn't, the same uh, epicness as season one and two, because Filoni wasn't really around that much. He was off tr- trying to get Ahsoka off the ground, trying to get that filmed. He wasn't really there and uh, the way he would have been in the pre- previous seasons. So it wasn't the full kind of favreau Filoni mix. It was more Favreau do- and other people doing a, a few things. So you were never going to get that full f- feel of season one and season two. Was it the worst thing in the world? Of course it wasn't. It was still... It was still good bits in it. There was some shite. But, you know, there's no series in the entire entire history of television or movies that is like this perfect all the way through. It's just not. Well, Clone Wars, um, you can't, you can't fall to Clone Wars. You just can't. There's no there's no way. Um, But, you know, just let the man cook. He is now the, the chief uh, creative. It's like within a year, we kind of got we got. Him as chief creative of Star Wars, <laughs> he was triple H chief creative of wrestling. I'm like of oh, WWE. I'm like, yeah, this is I'm very happy with this. I'm very happy lads. with it. Jones yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very very happy with it. Um we, we just have to let him uh let him cook. That's that's yeah. all you have to do. Um just let's see how it goes. Yeah. Uh it's you know, Star Wars is not gonna go away go the way of DC and the absolute shite mess that, that that's in. Uh, you just give him time, and he'll bring it all together. And it's mm-hmm. going to be brought together in such an epic way that we will get an end game style movie. We will get an end game style, style ending, and it's going to be glorious. And you're going to have everyone just
1: fucking beautiful.
0: Oh, this is beautiful.
2: I'm telling you, just let the man cook, and he will get us there.
0: Yeah. Like again, yeah. Has there been some hit and misses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there? Will I miss him again? The problem is right. Kevin Feige gets Marvel, okay? But he's never, he doesn't write the movies. Do you know what I mean? And that's what Dave Filoni is really good at. He can direct, he can write, he can do live action, he can do animated. I think that's what people are more scared of, that it's like, oh, like, we don't get to see him do the things that he wants to do. Now, I'm sure he will dip in and out, like Ahsoka, he pretty much said, this is my baby, I'm doing all of it, um... Mm -hmm. And I get it, and it was great when he did it. The highs were really high uh, in Ahsoka, which we loved. And again, there wa- wasn't perfect, but it was okay. But again, I, I I'm okay. I'm I'm optimistic with this. Like I think it's yeah. you've got a you've got a high floor with Dave Filoni because he's never going. He loves Star Wars too much to ever allow it to be shit. You know, so he's not going to sell out. He's not going to do that. Was I a bit concerned at the announcement of a Mando movie? I'm going to be honest, yeah. Because I'm like, this yeah. feels totally out of the blue. It feels like a cash-in opportunity. It feels reactive. It doesn't feel like anything was building towards this, whereas we spoke before about how it did feel like the different series were converging upon each other. But I, I felt like when we got a movie, we'd be ready for it. Um, but look, I'll give it a shot. And, and, and like, again, Mando wasn't an awful show last season it was just a step down from being a fucking amazing show which so was disappointment we responded to rather than the actual quality of the show um so again no doubt it's the same creators who made it amazing so i am more than happy to give them a chance to win it back uh one person who unfortunately won't be in the mando movie um is uh, Grief Carga one character um, played by the one and only Carl Weathers, who recently passed away. Obviously an icon for so many different roles, you're talking. um, Everything from, you know, Rocky to Predator. Uh, you know, you've got Happy Gilmore. You've got, like, uh, you know, even in recent years, you had him in, in The Mandalorian. Obviously, he'd become a Star Wars legend. It's going to be so weird to think that we're getting a Mandalorian movie where we won't hear Mando! At all, um, thoughts on on the Lake car weathers and and kind of the loss that, that that we have, like both in Star Wars and just in in the acting world in general. Um,
2: it it was a huge shock, obviously. Um, to put it into perspective, I had found out a couple of days before he died that he was due to be here, um, on uh the ninth and tenth of of March for Double Comic Con. And I was so excited. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great!" Because I knew, uh, I knew one of the head guys in in Dublin Comic Con is a huge, um, a Predator fan. A lot of them, a lot of the guys are, and uh, they've been trying to get Carl over for I think it was seven years. And just the schedules never coincided, and then finally the schedule. Yeah, yeah, we're going to sign a contract, going to come over. The day it was announced, people were going crazy. My God, Caravatt, this is going to be fantastic! And within a couple of hours, I get a message saying, "Have you seen the news?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know, it's great, Caravatt." It. No, that's not the news. I'm like what? And I checked no. it out, and we found out that he had died. Um, it's such it was such a shock, and he's such an amazing actor. You look at you look at everything that he's been in. And you know it, it's it's hard to fathom that someone as big as him is actually gone. It it, it is one of those shockers. I mean, unfortunately, actors you know people die a lot of the, a, a lot, and it happens throughout every single year. And you're like, Jesus, that's sad, isn't it? But when you hear somebody like him, you're like, it's it's a kind of gut punch. You're like, Jesus Christ, mm. this is a big. He's a big guy. The fact that we've seen him uh he, and he looked amazing in in um in the mandalorian you think he's just going to be a, you know pe- people like him are just going to be around forever and, and yeah. unfortunately they weren't so obviously it was a huge huge loss to to star wars huge loss to his fans and friends and family uh around the world so obviously our our, our thoughts are, are with them it it is such a uh, it it is a devastating loss really because he was a fantastic character in in star wars he was a fantastic actor and he will be very, very sorely missed. Very yeah. sorry
0: missed. Um, What I loved about watching Carol Weathers perform was. And I mean this in the best way. He you always were aware of him acting, if that made sense. Do you know what I mean? He was never the like he was never going to do any kind of. Oscar best actor reels or anything like that with dramatic emotions stuff like that. There was always a bit of hamminess I mean, to him if it makes sense. But I, again, I mean it in the best way because he was like, he's a throwback to an old school movie star because he's just very like, he's not afraid to act and be charismatic and say things in the most dramatic or funny or entertaining. Whatever... Like he will maximize every line that he has and every opportunity, and it's just so charming and likable. He was just a big presence in on the screen in every role that he was in, um, from Apollo Creed onwards. Like, and yeah, it's just again we we felt so blessed to have him as Grieve Karga in the Mandalorian universe because. We just get another run with Carl Weathers. It's just such a, a treat. And that's how I felt watching him act. It was a treat. It was watching someone just that you wanted to just have a beer with. um, Just just cook and be charismatic and be likable. And in a way, like, I know I'm saying that, like, it wasn't necessarily realistic. And, again, that's not a bad thing because not every acting role needs to be that you know what I mean acting can be fun and it can be entertaining and it can be uh, glitzy and stuff and that's the 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 style that he brought um but I also believe that that was realistic for him and that was the way he carried on in his day-to-day life I believe he 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 just seemed like this larger-than-life character um some of the quotes coming out as well are extremely profound I read one out there the other week to wrap up the show uh, on page 180 and um Obviously, a great thinker as well. And, you know, just such a devastating loss, not only to to Star Wars, but to the acting community. And obviously, most importantly, to his family and friends and the people that are most affected by him. So rest in peace, Cara and And thank you for all of the memories, all decades of them. Um, What an absolute legend he will be missed. But anyway, let's get on to it. We're here to discuss The Bad Batch. Um, If you don't watch The Bad Batch, what are you listening here for? This was clearly signposted that we're going to be talking about The Bad Batch. (laughs) Um, We are into the spoiler-verse. We go on Stargears. So again, this is not a spoiler-free zone. You will get spoiled. If you haven't seen the episodes, go away, watch them. If you have to catch up from the start, do it. It's well worth it. This is a great show. Um, but again, we are going to talk about uh, spoilers. We're going to theorize. We're going to talk about everything in Star Wars up to date. Um, we may talk about some comic canon. We may talk about some stuff from outside video games. Whatever. It's all on the table. Uh, so don't add us. We gave you fair warning. So let's talk about the Bad Bastard three episode premiere of the third and final season. But before we get into that, well, as we always do when we're here on Starjars or into the Spoilerverse on page 180, we are going to recap the three episodes that we just watched in our alt recap. And we begin... No, we don't. That didn't work. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold up Take two. This would never happen, Carwetters. <laughs> <laughs> this would never, ever. Happen. He'd punch
2: through the camera at this point. He'd yeah. genuinely
0: yeah. kill me. He'd have just like thought it and be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm leaving all that in. <laughs> and on Mount is aka Star Wars Jurassic Park. Life has uh, found a way for Omega to give Crosshair a redemption arc while feeding her favorite lurker-hound, Batcher, uh, chicken nuggets. The Empire is keeping them all hostage as part of a project to replace midichlorians, uh, to replicate midichlorians, but are falling flat. Uh, Dr. Hemlock is putting the mid in midichlorian, clearly. Uh, Unfortunately, nuggets can do a lot, but they can't protect pets against abusive prick droids, so she decides to free Batcher, who Big Bad Dr. Hemlock tries to convince her is now more vulnerable as a result, but as we see at the end of the episode, he's made it to safety. It'd be a really emotional moment if the name Batcher didn't sound like the type of name Fran would bash down the pub in an episode of Love Hate. Meanwhile, Hunter and Wrecker are trading in pikes to Lady Durant, who takes a break from sending her captains out of her Star Wars Moondor to assist their defective heroes. They end up on a wild goose chase to a, dest- to a destroyed old Empire lab, but encounter some young red clones hanging out uh, named Mox, Zeke, and Stack, and they even adventure together, dodging slithering vines until Clone Force 99 drop them off at Pabu. Mox, Zeke, Stack, Hunter, and Wrecker, they sound like a death metal band you're I was in the 90s, name slithering vines. But okay, episode two just kind of happened. It gets good again, anyway. In episode three, after Nala Sey. and Jerry, I don't know. Did you ever know uh, Nala say's full name? It's actually... No. Um, so there you go. There's a fun fact for you. <laughs> dad jokes are back on I'm not doing
2: this show anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, anyway. She tips Omega off that she's in trouble if they, if they find out she has a high midichlorian count and tells her to escape. Fortunately, they're distracted like your granny when the priest was coming around and they spritz up the L perfume for a special visitor. Unfortunately for them, that visitor is Emperor fucking... Palpatine. He says that nothing is more important in securing the Empire's future than Project Necromancer and promises them unlimited finance and resources to assist. Uh, Omega and Crosshair work together to execute Plan 72, and Plan 72 uh, seemingly is just... Run away from the monsters really quickly. Great plan, guy. It worked. Like, I can't argue with success, uh, but I don't know if it needed to be put into a formal plan. Uh, Hemlock is pissed and releases the hounds, as well as locking Nalase up uh, until he learns that Omega's blood has a high M count and calls off the pursuit. And that was episodes one, two, and three of the third season of The Bad Batch. Jerry, we're back. one last time in the Bad Batch and it feels really early for to be having these discussions around the show ending um yeah I kind of want to get your thoughts on that first like is this is this too soon because I feel like we're just getting to know these characters I feel like season one I I watched all of this back like in advance of this just so I'm kind of in that mind frame and season one was a good Show it established the characters well. Obviously, they debuted in the last season of Clone Wars in the first arc, uh, just to kind of introduce us because they knew they were jumping off to this at some point. Um, but again, season two was the first time that they really developed the characters and really got us to buy in and invest in them, um, as people slash clones. Yeah. Um, it feels so I was disappointed to learn this is the last season, but again, mm-hmm. like they are ratcheting up the stakes to the point where you're like, I don't see how you could. Keep this going much longer. What are your thoughts on this being the last season?
2: Uh, I'm not happy that it's the last season because I love the first two seasons. You know, you do get to love these characters like we loved the characters in Rebels, like we loved them in the Clone Wars. But I just, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars got a lot more seasons. Um, and like to only get three seasons, I, I in a way, I can understand it because, in a like, they're kind of just secondary characters in a way. Mm. Um, in, in in terms of the grand scheme of things, now obviously there are things in uh, going on in this show that seem bigger, yeah, and and they're making it out that things are bigger, um. But I no, I'm not happy with the fact that it's the last season. I I I love these characters. I do like there was one thing I I noticed. Uh, obviously we all noticed it, but I thought it was actually a nice touch, the fact that. Omega just seems a little bit older with the long hair and and mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm like, that's actually quite good. But well, I need to know how long she's been there. I'm like, how long has she actually been there? What the hell is going on? Oh no, I need to know how long that they've been apart. Um, I thought it was a good start to the season. It wasn't too fast, wasn't too slow. You can, as you say, they're starting to ratchet up a little bit, and the stakes are getting a little bit higher now because now she's as as we see, she's kind of on the run now. Um, it it it's. Everything is kind of coming together. There are still a hell of a lot of questions. Obviously, we're going to discuss a few of them now. But yeah. um, I'm liking how it started. As I say, it's not too it wasn't too fast, wasn't too slow. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more, like a little bit more oomph, too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong with that. But yeah. um, for me, it, it's it. I'm just I'm just happy to have the show back. Yeah, and the fact that we got tr- a three episode premiere. Very happy with that because it, we've now established a few things. My main man was in it again. Emperor Palpatine back uh, again. Um, I did I did find it strange looking at him, though, because when he came off the shuttle, I'm like, it just looks weird. Mm. He just seemed really tall. Obviously, he's, he's a thin man. But he just seemed really, really. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to say this in a nice way possible. He seemed very erect. <laughs> he seemed very erect.
0: The word erect did not need to be there It, it, it the did. It absolutely needs to, need to be there.
2: He just he, he seemed to he, he just seemed to stand too straight for me. Yeah, that's how this, you say that. He, like, yeah, when but I was yeah, no, happened, but this, he seemed no, erect. This is no, this is Stargiers. He's erect. <laughs> absolutely absolutely erect. Um so put it this way: if you could you could right, put it this way, you could make a 3D model of him. As he was on that platform and sell it as a dildo, you absolutely could do that 100
0: because he was
2: erect. Um, he, there was something about
0: unlimited him. power. There you go. Un-
2: yeah, well it only needs pl- one bar. Unlimited- like- oh, no, unlimited power when you plug it in, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I think that the image of him just wasn't right. It uh, did. He just he seemed too tall. He wasn't normally. He's like this old guy, feeble on the walking stick and hands kind of. Like this, and it just didn't seem like that. So, it mm-hmm. just it, the Emperor for me was weird, but to, to hear uh, Ian McDermott back again, like, oh yeah, can't it just can't be, can't be anyone else. I know Sam Witwer did a little bit in uh, in Rebels, mm-hmm. and then they actually replaced him with Ian McDermott, um, and then they dubbed him over again in the, in the other episodes. But uh, there is no Emperor like, like Ian McDermott, mm-hmm. it just, it just yeah, not, it's uh, just absolutely fantastic. Uh, great to see him back. Um, but again, he, he be, him being there just brought those questions. We're talking about like, what the yeah. hell is going on? Um, it's, it's great to say, i say Omega with the fact that she looks a little bit older now, um, she seems slightly more mature. Well, I'm going to say slightly more mature. She's probably only there a couple of weeks or months, but she's slightly more mature. She's a bit more of a kind of head on her, on her shoulders, uh, it's good to see the other two, but it's very strange to see the other two just being the two of them. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted a little tiny, tiny bit more. Now, I thought the three episodes were great. They really were. I just wanted a tiny bit more. It was actually great to see young clones. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. And the fact now, uh, you know me, I am terrible with names. The fact that the, 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 it was. I think is it Daniel Logan? Played young Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones? Right. I wouldn't
0: I no, I don't.
2: No, I don't. Well, the guy who played what well, is the young lad who played Young Boba Fett, the kid Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones, uh, actually voiced one of them. So yeah. I thought that was a nice little callback as well. And then the other ones, the other two were actually voiced by uh again, don't know the, the, the guy's name, but he was the young lad from yeah. Deadpool two. Yeah. Either? yeah so can you hear me yeah i can hear yeah sorry um it was just nice to see because obviously they have that kind of Aussie accent yeah uh, that the other clones would have um so yeah i thought yeah, overall i was very happy with it i i just wanted a little a little, little bit more um so what did
0: you think let's yeah, yeah. like I, I think i liked the fact that it was like yeah i i i think we were speaking about you know what do we think about it being the last season and You know, I uh, yeah, I think it's too early. I don't know. I'm willing to let it play out and see because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of road left. And I think the one thing the Bad Batch do is they're like – they they they're kind of it's a weird thing to say they're safe to kill if that makes sense because they don't feature anywhere else in the timeline and they have those kind of that they have that warrior demeanor i think omega's the only one who seems bulletproof if that makes sense yeah um so yeah i i like i think there's they have stakes where you can like it makes sense for this to be a short show, but I'm just getting into it. And it's such a good show. I wonder if it's because of just ratings and it just has never got the buzz. It's very hard to find a bad batch fan. Like it's very hard. You don't see like when Ahsoka was on my entire TikTok just filled up with memes. That doesn't happen for the bad batch. And I I hate that because I love it. It's such a good show. So I kind of wonder if it's to do with that. and, And like maybe, but again, they're so good at telling this story that I'm, I trust them, and I trust them to bring it all together. It does seem like it's a natural ending for the story uh, that we're building towards, whatever that may be. I'm just intrigued. Like, I'm, I'm willing to give it, like, judge it as a whole presentation, but I was emotionally upset when it ended. So, Let's get into it episode by episode anyway. So we start off with episode one, Confined, and that was just more of a character-based episode, which saw us focus on Omega and Crosshair in Mount Tatniss. Um, So uh, again, kind of uh, with this, I kind of enjoyed Omega as kind of Crosshair's moral compass there. Like, obviously, he's on uh, a redemption arc, and you kind of see him reckon with his past, and he just broken as a human, but uh, with guilt for everything he's done. Um, I liked Hemlock as well. Like the fact he was kind of like, he's got a, such a Tron to him. Um, in that, like he has in, intellect and unflappability, even in adversity. Even when you think you get him, like when um, Omega released Batcher and he's like, why did he do that? Like you just actually put him in danger. And it's like every time we think, like Tron and Rebels, every time we think our heroes get one over on him, um he he just is like, Why did you do that? I expected you to do that, and this is why you fucked up, you know what I mean? And he's just so unflappable, like yeah. it, it's kind of scary. Although there was the bit of vulnerability with the shaking hands that they kind of hinted at as well. So that's interesting too. Um, but also as well, I kind of saw that I liked the symbolism of Hemlock trying to break Omega's optimism um by telling her that. Like she killed Batcher and she'd actually led him to war and he's trying to break her optimism. Um, and you have like his, Omega is Omega's kind of a points Omega like throughout this, at points Omega's been the annoying kids that like, you know, is in every she's the Carl the walking dead at times, you know what I mean? And it's just like <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on like I don't why, why are we building all this around Omega but I kind of see it now she is the ray of hope in this despairing universe you know what I mean and again consider the timeline that we're in this is way before the original trilogy this is the, the Empire is just getting started at this stage Um, and there is no hope for the galaxy so she is that hope and I love the, the contrast that they had in this where you have at one stage like she's trying to be hopeful and see the best in Crosshair she always sees the best in people she always saw Crosshair as her brother who just taken the wrong turn, um, and he's trying to put her off, and he's just trying to say, I'd leave you behind in a second, like, just, this is where I belong, leave me alone. And um, She's trying to be hopeful and free Batcher and then Hemlock is trying to break that in her and say, you see what you did? You actually just killed him. But the fact that Batcher was alive at the end, I love that shows that there is hope and that her hope is actually leading somewhere. And again, you know, you think of the first trilogy movie, A New Hope, and that's kind of what that's a theme that ties into this era of Star Wars as well, where everything seems so uh, horrifically bad. But there's just a ray of hope that kind of keeps everything together. And Omega is that. So what were your thoughts on the first episode A uh, kind of a quieter start for the series, just setting up yeah. the pieces more than anything. uh I,
2: I, I thought, you know, this was when you're looking at it, it's it's obviously you're looking at a child basically in prison uh, and she's going through her day to day routine and she's trying to kind of get through the monotony. So the, for, the one thing that really kind of drew, drew me to it was uh, when she was going to the lab with her blood sample and what's what was her name the
0: uh the... care, uh sorry oh ha- uh, like yeah no i have it here Kara, i want to say car uh Amira, car i think it is
2: so she's just she's almost a robot mm. you know she almost a robot so it's so like you know we have to do this because you have to do it and that's as simple as that and she and it's very routine it's very regimented and it's like it's like they take the same route every day. They pass uh crosshairs at the exact same point every day. It's like this is just over and over. It's just driving people crazy. Mm. But when she, when she goes to the lab and she has the blood sample, she's she's she brought it in and uh, the community Comino, uh, what was her name? Alice. Not yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say it the way you said it. And <laughs> um, and then she takes the blood sample and gets rid of it. You're Like oh. Right, this is this is this is this is something. This is this is something. This is leading to something big. Um, so you, you I thought, well, maybe she's gonna be the one blood sample that's that it's the fact that she's getting the blood sample every single day. And she's and she, so I was like, How has she not been caught? Like, what the hell are oh, they're gonna be caught? They're gonna be fucking caught. Oh, this oh they're all gonna be caught. Jeez. It's it gives you kind of a little and nervy thing. When she had the interaction as well with the um With the creature again, me with names, um, you know she starts off and it's a bit more vicious, and then she's feeding it, and it's like it just goes to show you exactly what type of character she has. Yeah, doesn't matter whether she's a clone or not; she's her own person. She's her own unique personality, and it's starting to come true. You then see as she goes through the episode, the hair gets longer, um. And she's really, really trying across crosshairs. You're like, just you know, like what you were saying there. There is always hope. She's really trying to to bring it out with them. So it was a great start to it. Um, I'm like, if we'd have just gotten that episode, I'd have been slightly disappointed. It was like, yeah. no, I need, I needed more. So then. You 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 look at it, obviously, when you watch all three episodes, you're like, okay, that was actually the perfect starter. Yeah. Because you need you needed to see. It was never going to be the other lads coming in all guns blazing in the first episode. Of course it was going to be that. That don't be silly. But it needed to set up. It needed to show us exactly where everybody was. Mm. So that's where she is. That's where Crosshairs is. Crosshairs is just defeated. He is given up. He's like he doesn't care. You can see as he walks by her, he's just hunched over and he's just Looking down, won't even look at her. It's like, yeah, it's just whatever. You know, I took I took the orders and look where I am now. You know, and he is. He's just so utterly, utterly defeated. But it's taking somebody the optimism and hope of a child to bring him back. And it was a great, great start. Great first episode. What I wanted that little bit more, absolutely. But I don't think it. It wasn't certainly wasn't a bad episode. It was a great episode. Yeah. Um. And it was great. it's just great to see them back. It really, yeah. really was. It's great to
0: see the series back. I loved uh, the conversations the two of them had. Like you know what I mean. And he's like, um, you know, he's telling her that not every clone is an ally. Um, and she says, "You don't trust enough." Uh saying he won't give up on her and he's saying I belong here. Just really, really powerful stuff. Like I loved it. Um somewhat less powerful if I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't a big fan of episode two, part Paths Unknown. Kind of just a side mission with Wrecker and Hunter teaming with the youth regs. Don't get me wrong, I found that interesting. Like, you know, I I I what these shows love like this this is a direct follow on from the clone wars to the point that it started with the clone wars kind of uh signature um and then it became its own show but there's such compassion for clones and i love this about star wars where you know clones and droids are never treated as objects they're always people they always have individual personalities they always have individual yep. characteristics and so on um so i do like getting drip fed Things and again, I'm not going to say that this is a bad episode, but I just feel like we only have 16 of these left, only 13 after this tree. So for me, this was more a BAU side adventure episode of the bad piece or a bad batch. Um, so I wasn't crazy about the episode. Um, if I'm being honest, I drifted quite a lot. Um, I, again, like, I may like this more in hindsight because there was a part of me that's like, do you know what, like, you know, there was a part of me that's like, fucking get on with it, like, I know this is going nowhere, like, and it didn't, like, they're just like, oh, I'm going to leave you off a Pavu, and I'm like, okay, they actually got nowhere in their search. The start I liked, you know, where they, they kind of met with um Lady Gunder and she was dropping people through the door, and that was interesting and fun and, and different, and it kind of brought a bit of the, the darkness Mildur. that, like, yeah, this... <laughs> This is like um like what I like about the Bad Batch is it can get a bit dark at times. You know what I mean? It's not for kids this show. It's quite dark and bleak at times. Um and and I enjoyed that aspect of it, but also like maybe I'll enjoy it more at the end of the series because maybe it was just the last one of these episodes where it's just an adventure of the week. It's just a side a side quest where they're kind of off just doing their things. And the Slither and Vines, they're bringing us more into the universe and letting us enjoy that. I like spending time in the Star Wars universe, but I'm also like, okay, you've told me there's only 16 episodes of this. What the fuck? If I knew there, this wasn't the last season, I wouldn't have cared. And if I would have been like happy to spend 20 minutes here, but like the plot is urgent now. Everything they do is urgent. So this fell a little bit flat for me and was just more an FYI. Here's where Hunter and Wrecker, Wrecker are. What were your thoughts on episode two? Do you think of being harsh? Do you think of being too downbeat in it? I, or you no, the I,
2: I don't think you're being harsh. It definitely. When you when you look at all three episodes, it was definitely a downer in, in, in terms of all three. Um, I think what you could have done was you could have had an extended first episode. Just to show you exactly where everybody was, yeah. not just where Omega was. So you could have had a, a cutback type of thing where they're doing their bit to try and find her. She's doing her bit to try and save uh, crosshairs, that type of thing. So it might have you know, even a, say a 40 minute episode where you just shown that everyone like they're trying to find her. and She's trying to get out. and it probably would have been better. But I like the first one. The second one definitely fell flat. One thing for me is whenever I'm watching something that it's specifically voice acting, and I hear a voice that I think I recognize, I immediately have to go searching. Like the fuck hmm. was that? And I was very surprised when I found out that it the um, the the crime boss. What what you say her name was? Uh, Lady, Lady
0: Gunder I want to say. I think that,
2: she is voiced, and I could not believe it when I heard this Angelica Houston.
0: No actually, way! Yeah,
2: voiced her. I was like. Class. What the fuck? So that that just goes to show you these shows are absolutely filled to the rafters with the best actors you could possibly get. And the fact it was Angelica Houston was like, Jesus Christ. I knew I recognized the voice. I was like, Where do I know that voice? Where do I know that voice? Mm. And then you're like, Jesus, that is absolutely fantastic. In terms of the episode, it did fall flat. It really did. Okay. They were trying to find a way to find um Omega. We get that absolutely. They got the information from the, the crime boss. They went off and they realized it's actually a really old facility, and they haven't been there in years. They had to get help from from three young clones. It just didn't feel like like that. It just didn't really go anywhere as such. Yeah. Okay, it, clearly they were there to save the three lads. That was the whole point of the episode. They were there to save the three clones. Did we need it? No. Mm. No, we, we we could have had a thing where they actually started to zero in on her location properly, mm-hmm. actually do it properly, but no, it just, it, it did it fell flat ever so slightly um, obviously there was a little bit of action in it, I like that that was good, mm. but I was like, eh. you yeah you know, it's one of those episodes where if you're doing a rewatch, you like, don't need to watch that, skip it yeah, yeah, you and would, that's you essentially just what it is, you'd skip yeah. it, you yeah. would now it was great to see them back really, really was Um, but it was a it was a nonsense episode. It was
0: yeah, and and like again, what we're losing is like the kind of gravity and stakes of the situation they're in, having lost Omega weighs on the character so much, but that is actually a bit shit TV because they're just sad. And then what you lose is kind of like, every time Wrecker's on screen, Wrecker is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Like, he's just great crack, but like, he can't be that now because he's got to be downbeat and he's got to be urgent and stuff like that as well. So like, you then want to see Wrecker proper wrecking things and in action, And again, like kind of just having them do a generic adventure that they do. Again, these aren't bad episodes, but yeah, it just felt a bit random and out of place. But fortunately, this is a three episode premiere. And I I usually hate three episode premieres. I hate them because I just feel it's so selfish of the creators to just be like, I'm going to take up all of your time and make it really difficult for you to find time to watch this. But this worked (laughs) as a full story. You had the first episode. Here's where these are. Here's where these are in the second. And then you bring it all together and you really amp up the stakes. This is maybe the best episode of Bad Batch yet. It's up there. It was phenomenal. Shado- Shadows of Tantis uh, ramped it up a lot. Yeah, like And again, I thought this was fantastic. Palpatine like, being inserted into this gives it all the stakes in the world in the bigger picture because obviously he's coming in and saying project necromancer. And by the way, if you don't, if you, if that name sounds familiar, obviously it was refer- referenced in the last season, but it was also referenced in the last Mandalorian season in the discussion around Tron. Um, but you know, Palpy coming in and saying there's nothing of greater importance to secure the future of this empire. Whatever's needed to accomplish this goal, you will have it. Um, again, that just gives us the stakes. But what I like about this show is they parachute Palpy into kind of gives us like, okay, this matters to the big picture, and what our characters do really plays a role in what's eventually to come, for better or for worse. Um. But then they've circled back to the character story. They literally just parachute Palpy out of there. He comes in, says a couple of lines, uh, raises the stakes, and then just goes. And now we're focused on Omega and Crosshair's escape. And I thought that was great. Um, I love like kind of where we left it as well like you have uh, you know Hemlock and like he's kind of like in this great position like possibly more valuable to the Empire right now than even Vader would be Um, you've got uh, but also he has the shaking hand that he's trying to keep a secret as well uh, you've got Carr and you're wondering could she be turned technically she calls herself Omega's sister there's kind of hints of that there you've got Nala Se in danger uh, you've got Crosshair and Omega what a way to leave us I, I love this episode I thought it was- fantastic what were your thoughts
2: absolutely loved it you knew you knew something was up before you even saw before you heard about Palpatine getting there before you saw Palpatine get there you knew something was up because there was fucking clones and and stormtroopers everywhere you're like What's like what the hell is going on? The first episode you are seeing a couple, you know, a couple of lads standing at doors. You're seeing a couple of them escorting prisoners around. That's it. Now you're mm. seeing literally dozens and dozens of people. And you're like, that's the shit going down. And I even said to myself, I was like, oh, we're gonna get a visitor, we're gonna get somebody in here. This is important, like somebody's coming. And then of course it's confirmed it's Palpatine. He's on his way. I'm like, oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Ian McNair. he's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um So uh, what I find very interesting is obviously this guy is a cloner or, you know, this is what he does, but he has an extreme amount of the, Um, commandos like he has fucking loads of them I'm like Jesus Mm. I didn't think there was that many he doesn't have he doesn't use any normal clones he only uses the clone commandos I'm like Jesus Christ this is extortionate and then of course you have the new the new style stormtroopers or should I say it's supposed to be the old style because we have we have the new you know what I mean we have the new stormtroopers there then he arrives and it's just like okay show me what you've been up to show me what you're doing I'm like that's just Tuck this fucking Palpatine shit to my veins. Absolutely love it. But then it starts to get you you see that the the, the threat level is now far increased because number one uh omega sample has now hasn't been trashed, it's now been put in the fucking machine. That's only a matter of time before it's actually scanned and they realize what it is. We get them uh we get uh, the 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 emperor walking through and you and you're coming to the laboratory with the and the ratios, the orange ratios. Like I want to see in there I want to see what the fuck is going on in here. I want to see, and they're such fuckers. They only give me a little hints, and you see a chamber opening up. But you don't see anything. You're like you bastards, just show me what it is. You fuckers. Absolutely loved it. Uh, the emperor when he said that line, "Anything you want, basically mm. is yours," and you can just see the smile on his face when the emperor says that. You're like, oh, this, this fucker, literally whatever he wants is his. You, you never heard the emperor say that to um, uh, director Krennic yeah. or Darth Vader or, or Tron Thron or, or even Graham of target. Never ever said that to anybody else. He would fight with them over resources. He would let them fight amongst each other over resources, but this guy, no, you, my friend, Have whatever the fuck you want. So very, very, and it's very, very clear that whatever this is, is so important to the Emperor that nothing else matters. And Mm. you're like, that's where the stakes are. So we're getting through the episode. And then Omega's like, right, we need to get the fuck out of here. I have this special, this special pad. Now I have this special pad that's going to let me to go doing whatever, whatever the hell I want. Let's go get crosshairs I'm like oh yes I'm like crosshairs Please don't be a dick Please don't be a dick Just just go with her And we get the escape I'm like yes They're running through That fucking tunnel And for a split second I'm like she's going to get trapped She's going to get trapped She's going to get trapped mm. He's going to escape She's. I, I, I had it in my head He's going to escape She's going to get trapped gonna He's going to go He's no 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 He's not going to ditch her He will run absolutely but he'll go and find the other two.
0: Yeah.
2: And then it'll, it'll be a team effort. Let's go and get her. When that happened, I'm like, I was ever so slightly disappointed. I'm like that kind of brought the threat level up even more because mm. now they know she has this, the mini chlorians Now they know that they have her. And I'm like, oh, so it would have kind of, my anxiety would have went up a little bit more. And yeah. I when when you have a show like this, that's what you want to happen. You don't want to be just sitting there going, yeah, this is good. You want to look like, mm. Don't don't don't! Oh, you bastard! That's exactly what you want in a show like this, and that's kind of what we got. Um, so I, I, it's just fantastic to see kind of her pet then, kind of still being alive and howling and oh uh, i would I I I'd imagine howling. Uh, the emperor just kind of flitters off. He's fucking gone. You know, just let me know when you have more progress made. It's it from the end of this episode. I'm like right now. I'm invested. I wasn't 100% in the, in, in the first episode. I thought the first episode was good. My interest dipped way down yeah. in the second episode and then it just went through the roof at the end of the third episode. I'm like, yeah. right, I'm in, lads. Give me the 13 more episodes now. Hook the shit to my veins. I will binge watch you, and I'll give you my, my verdict at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's what I wanted. We're obviously not going to get that. We're going to be you know, drip fed fucking episodes for the next 13 weeks. Yeah. But you know what? This is exactly what they do because they now have guaranteed you're coming back. Every single Wednesday to watch this show because you're now hooked. You yep. weren't hooked in the first episode, you weren't hooked in the second episode. But by Jesus, they hooked you in the third one. That's why they did three episodes because they knew the first two wouldn't cut it. They had to do that third one because that's where the hook came in. You, you, you're 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 being reeled in by the fisherman, which is Dave Filoni, right now. And we are we're all in for this. It's it's going to be exciting to see exactly where it goes. Now, the only thing I t- I'm thinking is we've gotten to this point in three episodes. What's actually going to happen
0: in 13 episodes? So this What's is what I want to discuss. Ha- I want to discuss two things. Okay. And I want to get onto theories. Yeah. Um, but first, what I want to discuss is kind of what you touched on there. The, like the stakes are now high. And uh, like Palpatine is given Hemlock assurances. And again, Hemlock is someone, he's a show original. Um, and he's given him assurances that no, we've never seen Palpatine give anyone. Um, he is the, the the top boy at the in the Empire right now. It's because he's running Project Necromancer. It's not so much a mystery, but we just don't know what it is. But we can kind of do the maths, but we don't we don't have that confirmed, and we don't know. Like again people are kind of saying that, look, this is ultimately, they're trying to make sense of episode nine. They're eventually looking at getting into cloning, but can you clone people with chlorians and stuff like that as well? What's your take on what Project Necromancer is? What What do you think has Palpatine like banking the future of the Empire on? This is where it gets confusing for me because I, I can,
2: I can theorize, I can guess, but I know I'm wrong because I have no fucking clue. Obviously, right? Necromancer is to it has to do with the fact that uh, Palpatine wanted to clone himself. Yeah, it's as simple as that. He wanted to clone himself. But this is what I don't understand. Palpatine, if he just cloned himself, he has a really high midi count. So mm. surely that should be enough for the clone. Mm. So why do why do they need uh omegas? Uh, blood, omega's medichlorian count. It doesn't actually matter what her medichlorian count is because Palpatine is one of the most powerful beings in the entire universe. So, is it because is her medichlorian count so true to the roof that like he wants to incorporate his essence into a body that has a high medichlorian count that high, or is this something completely different? And it's
0: it's so throwing me. I have the clue what's going on. Do we know that clones can't? Like, do we know that if you just clone Palpatine right now that his chlorians would transfer. I don't think we do. So I think that's what it is. I think they're trying to prove that. Like, this theory's going around, and the more we get into it, the more worrying it is that people are saying that, like, uh, Omega is Ray's grandparent, you know what I mean? And there's connections there, obviously, because there's... Are or, or there something in there like somehow? Again, there's a lot of weird theories going around there, but we don't know. So, I think that's what it is, to be honest. If I'm guessing, it's the fact that they can't transfer midichloric, cl- like they can clone Palpatine and they can get someone who looks like them and acts like them and talks like them, but they're not Palpatine. So, you need that cl- you need that, like, essentially. And for those who don't know, like if anyone's like not Star Wars literate, again in that sense, midichlorian means Omega is going to be close with the Force. We haven't really seen much with that, um, and but that's going to come into play as time goes on. Yeah. It's interesting because we've seen Ventress in the uh, uh, like a big Clone Wars favorite. Yeah. Um, we've they're, seen they're- her, and that's someone who, again, is not a Jedi but is very strong with the Force. Um she's someone who again against type um has force powers you know so yeah, yeah I really I think you've touched I think you've touched on something there and it just kind of popped
2: when you said it popped into my head um if you were to clone palpatine maybe they probably have done that and something wasn't right yeah whereas omega is a clone she's already a clone so it was like how do we okay so we've now made a clone that has medichlorians so mm-hmm. how do we replicate this yeah so that's that i think that might that's be that's what the project dumped, s- yeah. seems to be yeah but when you think when you think of necromancer okay the, the idea of necromancer is bringing something back from the from dead, the dead yeah. that's what that's what necromancy is so it's it is that's, that's essentially what it is it's about Basically, it's about making sure that the emperor will be able to live forever, it, and this is not something that is unique to just this, uh, these Star Wars shows and, and films and whatnot. When it comes to the uh, the old books, the old canon stuff like that, that you know, he did it multiple times. He had multiple clones of himself made. Uh ones, uh, you know, he had clones of of Luke Skywalker made. He he was just he wanted to live forever, no matter what. And he and he had m- m- all these clones made, so that's obviously where the idea is coming from, uh, for the 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 new canon. Exactly what it is, we just don't know yet. We were we listen, we're going to find out a lot more by the end of the show, but I think we're not going to full find the full story because mm. because they mentioned uh, Project Necromancer in the last season of The Mandalorian. Um, I want you to think about this for a second. So, Project Necromancer, yeah. the last season of of that, right, Ahsoka. Okay. We're now on Dathomir with us with, with the likes of Tron and the and the Night Sisters. I'm sorry, what did they what did they do they do? Yeah, they bring things back yeah, to life, don't they? Yeah. The whole fucking thing is tied together. So we aren't fine. We're not by the end of these 13 episodes or whatever it is, we're not gonna find out the full story. We're gonna get little hints and little things. But that's exactly what Dave Filoni and Star Wars does. They give you a little bit a little nugget to keep you interested for the next series that comes out, the next series that comes out until finally the big reveal. So the project necromancy is going to run side by side with, with the, uh, that to Mary, and uh, with the bringing people back to, oh, I tell you, it's all, it's all connected. Yeah. I like connected. the
0: difference in timeline for it. was not kind of keeping keeping score. Again, you're talking Ahsoka set fairly long after the trilogy to the point that the empire is kind of well defeated and we're watching almost a new Republic crumble. Um, this set very much at the start so we're seeing the start of project necromancer but whatever happens here that is going to continue through the the original trilogy and go on to exist and then only really come into play in the sequel trilogy which again like you know i I respect Dave Filoni and what he does and of course he came to fame with clone wars which obviously was um a way to make sense of a lot of the th- the interesting teams that were explored but not executed very well in possibly the worst of the the, the nine uh, sequel, a uh, nine kind of Skywalker saga movies, uh, Attack of the Clones. And that's what he exists to do. That's what he loves to do. He loves to make sense of the shite. Um, I don't know if many people were asking for this much of the lore to be devoted to that plot point that we'd probably just rather forget somehow Palpatine returned. He's like, I'm going to tell you that. Like, he's like, that's somehow. I'm going to take that ball and run with it. Um, <laughs> But I'm interested. Look, I, I want to hear it out. Like, again, I don't know if there's a question any was necessarily asking or needing Um, but if he can pull it off Jesus Christ that's another huge win I am intrigued like because again it has it but the fact that we know the ending of it I don't know kind of spoils it a little because it's like okay so we know that Palpatine returned you're explaining what the somehow is and that's great but then, but then again, like, I don't know, like Star Wars is a way of like making these questions worth. We know that Anakin became Darth Vader, but it was still fucking thrilling to watch it happen in Revenge of the Sith. So like, yeah. I, I'm in, I'm in, I'll watch it. But yeah. like, again, there's just part of me that's like, yeah, I know. He returned and it's shit. And yeah. at the end of this, when I watch all of this amazing stuff that leads up to it, the end of it is me having to rewatch that really shit movie. <laughs>
2: when When it comes to, to this though with the project necromancer obviously we heard about it first in that last season of Mandalorian and then we saw um, uh, the other clones um, that were in that all in the back to tanks right in the last episode of, mm. of the Mandalorian so it's not just the Emperor that has this fascination with cloning you've then got uh, when Tron gets back to uh, Dathomir he's got the, uh, those witches he's got all those coffins I think it's, it's starting to be more clear what they are um, and things are going to be brought back to life. So I don't think necessarily it's just about the Emperor now. I don't think it's just yeah. about, oh, that's how the Emperor got back. The, the, it's a bigger picture here and now. Mm. There is one thing I want to say, though, and, and it has been um, these characters in, in, in The Bad Batch, every one of them, obviously not the Emperor, but every one of the main characters in this are expendable. Even Omega. Omega's expendable as well. Yeah. But could we, in fact... Be getting our first show, and this is darker than the other shows. It's darker than Rebels. It's darker than Clone Wars. Maybe you know, maybe it might be on par with that last season of Clone Wars in terms of darkness. Would we actually be getting our first Star Wars series that doesn't actually have a happy end? That's something that's been sticking in my head. I I think it's 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 not obvious, but I think it's a huge possibility that all three of our of our Clone Clone Force ninety nine are going to are gone
0: oh they're that all, is dark
2: yeah I think they're all gone Omega might uh, get away but well, I I, I just have this feeling we're going to get a bad not, not a bad ending we don't want a bad ending but not a happy ending and I'm like right. I don't think we're getting a happy ending here we're
0: getting into theory so let's do yeah. it like yeah. in terms of that like okay so my own if I was to write a uh, if it's the right kind of what I think is going to happen, I would say Crosshair not making it to the end of the season, but it's going to go down in a in like in a heroic way. Um, Echo, I would say, is very unlikely. He is pretty much held together by sticky glue as it is. You know what I mean? Like he's uh, his suit is blue tacked onto him, and that is what's keeping him alive. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's going to be something there. I think realistically, like what I really don't want to see, and I don't think we're going to see, is. And and don't get me wrong, I don't want Tech dead, but his death in the last series was one of the most powerful and affecting deaths that I've had in Star Wars. It was heartbreaking and totally unexpected and really, really well executed. Technically, we never saw a body. We saw his goggles there. So again, that would suggest that a body exists somewhere uh, that we haven't seen. Um, but I don't want them to go back on that. I really, really hope they don't and, and we get everyone surviving in the end. Um, I think, I think Echo, Hunter, and Wrecker, I think they all have fairly good odds to make it go to distance and then, then end up like creating a life in Pabu. Although the fact that they've already kind of signposted that that's what they want to do kind of indicates that it probably won't be what they get to do. You know, maybe one of them will, maybe Omega will, or something like that, uh, or they have to hide her there or something. I don't know. Um, there's a few other things that I kind of want to know, and I don't really have theories for these, but I just, these are the kind of questions that I'd like to see answered. Like, we talked about Ventress there. It looks like we're getting the Jedi version of Ventress, who we've never really had before, except in kind of Legends. Um, And again, kind of, you know, she had an illicit love affair with kind of Quinlan Voss. Again, very toxic relationship, but there's a lot going on there. And that seems to be the version that we're getting of Ventress, which is never actually seen play out in television before, so I'm excited for that. Um, We know the clones at some stage get decommissioned. I feel that we're going to see how that works here. Um, Like, that seems to be what this is pointing towards, because, again, the Empire is turning very anti-clone at the moment. I'd love another check-in with Kanan Jarris. I don't see how it would play into the storyline, but it obviously started the series. Um, so I'd love to just get another look at it. we like Kanan's Jedi life and and kind of the gap between what we saw at the start of the bad batch and who we met in Rebels. There's a huge gap there that I'd, we don't need to have everything filled out. You can just give us glimpses and we can imagine it and like talk about it among ourselves forever. Um Echo, I don't think, is long for this world, but we also have Rex and Cody in here. Um, they're in the mix, they're on the way. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Um, like on one hand, I would like to see because we don't know what happened to them. We've no idea. In sim- very similar sense to Ahsoka. And in the Ahsoka series, there's no real mention of Rex beyond, like, we saw like a clip of them in like the Clone Wars throwback, but that was that was a flashback that, or a dream, or however you want to kind of perceive it. Um Ahsoka never at any stage instinctually called for him, despite all of the trouble and all the backups she needed. She never called on the one person he would definitely be there for her if he got the call. So that worries me. Um, and and I think Rex is someone that, in particular, like, but also like again, Cody and and Echo are the same. Um, that need an ending. I worry we're gonna get it here. It will break me if we do. Um. But I do not want to know what happens. But I would also be very happy if he showed up as a really elderly clone in 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 um, Oh no! I'm oh sorry. I tell a lie. He's in Rebels. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm okay, no, sorry. I was no, I was literally, literally, no, I was just I was totally literally waiting for you to totally forget. I was totally forgetting. Like, was totally no, forgetting. He's in Rebels. In, we're all yeah, good. We're good. He's in Rebels. He's but an like, older guy in Rebels. We're but but gonna get. Yeah. No, Cody sorry. is not. Cody's not. Yeah. Cody seems like like Cody's storyline seems set up for that. Echo's not in Rebels either. So. Yeah, Echo's Echo's gone. Sorry, Echo. Or R P. Um Yeah, I think we're gonna see like Echo is gonna or sorry, Omega's gonna end up having uh she's gonna end up having a connection to Palpatine. Like a fucked up like she is there, like she's the reason he gets cloned or something like that as well. It's gonna be messed up. Um and it's going to be. I hope it's a bit twisted. I think the show has the balls to be as well, because it's kind of playing off in its own little field. It doesn't have to be fan service like a It doesn't have to please a wider audience. And like, it can just be niche and and messy and 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 kind of weird. And that's what I want these shows to be. That that's kind of what the questions I'm looking for. What do you, what do you need to see? What do you want to see? Have you any theories? What's what's going on in your mind for the rest of the season? Well, I want
2: to see something that we know is going to happen, and that's getting the band back together. We know yeah. we're getting the band back together in some way. They're gonna be helped by others. Um, so we've we've got uh the other clones possibly coming in and giving them a gig dig out. We have got Ventress. Oh, sweet Jesus, that's gonna be great. Yeah. Now, is it just gonna be a half an episode type thing, or is she gonna be in it for a few I episodes? Think so. I'm I think hoping it's in. a few episodes. I really do. Uh looking at her, she's obviously a little bit different. The lightsabers are different, by the way. I like mm-hmm. the, the the new look. Um it, I just was something about her from the Clone Wars? She was just a sassy fucker. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I want to see that again. And I just think it's gonna be absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it could be a kind of a climactic thing. It's kind of like everyone joining forces to kind of help. And I would love to see that. Um listen, not everyone's getting out of this show alive, and yeah. we know that for a fact, even though we don't know it, but we know it, we know it. It, not everyone's getting out of this alive. Uh, Do I think they're going to have that happy life on the planet with the other little young clones? No, no, not all of them. If if they do, if if it's somehow like she gets to live out her life there, away from the empire, away from everything, you know, that would be great. It'd be fucking shit, but it would be great because I'd like to see. Like, no, that has to be more substance to this. There has to be something. Um, you can't just give us three seasons of somebody who, like, a, a force sensitive clone and not do anything with it. Mm. There has to be something you have to do with it. Don't know what, just give me something. And Filoni is great for stuff like this. Look what he did with Rebels, look what he did with Clone Wars. I'm, I'm, he's cooking here, just let him, just let him, let him go. Um, obviously, I want to see um, Hemlock get to fuck. yeah, 100, but it. I need to know before about the yeah what's going on what's going on here
0: i will learn all Um, that
2: there's something and i'm like (laughs) and but i feel like we should know i feel like we should know we should know about this we should Mm. know the reason and it's kind of it's itching the back of my head i'm like why 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 should i know this right i just feel like it's some sort of connection um it's great. I I like the I like what you said there about like the decommission and the clones. We're not talking about the clones getting killed. Mm. Now I think a lot of them will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've seen that already. But when you look at the likes of the Obi One, uh, yeah. show we saw a, a down on his look, uh, homeless clone, begging on the street. So clearly not all the clones were killed. Um. So what happens to them? What are they going to do with it? are I just going to say, right, you're done. Good luck. You
0: no, know? I think, I think we're going to see like, I think there's going to be an attempt at genocide.
2: I think so. I don't think
0: there's yeah. like a, a big master off switch. The Palpatine compulsion. obviously we know that. Cause again, yeah, rebels, like again, Obi-Wan, we've seen those things, but in every one of those scenes, the clones are all in exile. Are they're all destitute? You know what I mean. So yeah. that's that's the one thing that we're seeing. So again, I think you're talking in Order sixty six. Like again, they all essentially. Obi Wan's an interesting one to bring up because they all essentially become obi-wan you know what i mean in hiding like having to hide their identity as well and they're the most recognizable faces in the galaxy as well so it's a really difficult existence but i think yeah we may have a clone order 66 coming up and then there may be people who survive but i think there's going to be a lot of yeah i think we're going to see that
2: there there are literally tens of thousands of clones Mm. And the only reason they're still there is because the numbers of stormtroopers haven't exceeded them yet. So are we now going to see the numbers of stormtroopers exceed them? And that's when the Empire doesn't need the clones anymore because that's essentially it. Yeah, You, you will only he'll only get rid of the clones when he doesn't need them. So if if he has an army big enough to take over from them, that's when he'll get rid of them. Mm. Is it something in the way of like as you said, our Order sixty six? Do we they have in that chip that they all have? Is there some? Is there a command to say, you know, throw yourself off a cliff? Mm. That type of thing. And like Jesus, I hope we don't see that. But there has to be something there. Like I think the idea of an Order sixty six, clone Order sixty six, Jesus, that's that's. It's just dark enough for this show, I think. Yeah. It is dark enough for the show. And I think that there's a very big possibility. And I could see with the band getting back together, them trying to help clones with the likes of Rex and Cody and Echo and, and the rest of the lads trying to help as many clones as they possibly can. Now, I've I've that's just come out of my mouth. I'm like, that's that's how we bulk out this season. Mm. That's how the season gets bulked out. Yeah. Because they're doing this whole clone. The, the clone thing is not to make a new army. The clone thing is to do a Palpatine. And we know that, And you know, we don't know the ins and outs and the details of it. We know it because there's no way he would be like, who is he trying to bring back to life? Nobody. He's not trying to bring anyone back to life. He wants to make sure he lives forever. It's not about bringing anyone. He's not bringing his old master. Yeah. You know, uh, Plagueis, he's not bringing him back. You know, the, the, I had a mad thought in my head earlier on. I was like, "Nah, it's, like, it's not." So it would be one of those really out there things. Go is on. he trying? Is he trying to create a new? Body for Vader. I'm like, no, he wouldn't be oh, no, yeah. he's not doing that. He wouldn't, that. Care no, no. He wouldn't give it to no, He wants Vader to be angry. And when exactly. Vader's in that suit, he's in pain yeah. and he's angry. Yeah. And that's where the that's exactly. where the dark side comes from. So that's what he wants. Yeah, so that... he immediately kind of put that to one side. But it's just one of those out there kind of mental things. But clearly, anything to do with cloning and anything to do with this necromancy thing is has Palpatine come just him written all over it. And it's him trying to be able to create a perfect body for him to inhabit if something happens to him Mm. exactly what it is I don't know exactly why we need I think the only reason where he's trying to to clone if let's say he tried to clone himself so he creates a clone but that this clone doesn't have the midi midichlorians it doesn't have any force abilities whatsoever Whereas we now have a clone that has force abilities. So if they can clone a clone that has force abilities or find out exactly why she has it, and then we can create a clone that has Mediclorans, as many as you fucking want. You know, and make him even, even make himself even more powerful. Yeah. That's the type of thing that Palpatine's thinking about. That's the type of thing that Palpatine will throw everything at to make sure that he was is the Emperor forever, he's gonna live forever, and he has full control. Um, it's very interesting to see where it's going to go. But this I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I am very much excited. We've got Project Necromancer. We've got the clones coming back together and they are going to come back together eventually. We have all these other characters from the first two seasons coming back as well. And we have uh familiar characters coming back from the likes of Clone Wars and Rebels. I am very excited for this. I'm very excited to see where it goes. We are going to get more episodes like episode two i I'm just putting that out there. We are getting nothing yeah. episodes in this. It's going to happen. Um, It happened with Mando. It happened with Ahsoka. It happened in Clone Wars and it happened in Rebels. You're going to get it in this as well. So we have to be prepared for that. But ultimately, it's going to be fleshed out with this. Whatever the storyline is with Necromancer, whatever we're going to do with, with Omega, it's going to be fleshed out with that. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I'm looking forward to for the next few weeks to see exactly what happens, and it's
0: it's it is it's, it's exciting. I like, is it though? Is it exciting, or should we be excited, or should we be dreading it? Because I want to remind you something the end of season one ended with the destruction of a planet and a genocide in in, Kam- in Um, and then you've got uh. Or Camino, sorry. um. But then you've got season two, tech dying. I think you're hitting the nail on the head. We're, we're going to be traumatized by this show. Oh, this ending 100% yeah. But it is ballsy. It is really good storytelling. It is pushing the, the boundaries in the way that shows like Mando and Ahsoka are almost afraid to know because they're trying to please a bigger audience. This is for us. And that's yep. what we're gonna love. Um, we're not gonna be discussing this every single week because again, yeah, look, imagine we got episode two. What would we talk about? It'd be a five-minute episode of Star so we find a way to make it two hours, don't worry. Um, but um we will be catching up uh, throughout the season and later in the season in particular as we kind of head towards the conclusion because again, there's going to be a lot to discuss so don't worry, we'll be back. Jerry. it's been too long. We're not going to leave it this long uh, until the next time. Always a pleasure. I, I know myself and everyone else will also be really excited uh, that you will be back at the Loblaws parties and uh, yeah, it's great to have you anytime here on page 180. Thanks for joining us today. Jerry. That's all the time we have this time on page 180. Next time... Tom Pod is back as we review February at the movies, including The Iron Claw, Madam Web, and much more. Until then, this has been Page 180. I've been Jared Leggett. Subscribe to us on socials if you haven't already. And until next time, where were pencils invented? (laughs) Pennsylvania.